0: You're tuned in to the Jackson Hole Connection, sharing fascinating stories of people connected to Jackson Hole. I am truly grateful for each of you for tuning in today. And support for this podcast comes from Teton County Solid Waste and Recycling, bringing the Jackson Hole community residential and commercial food waste composting options. Call 307-733-7678 for more information. Today, I will begin the episode with a thought that I have about sleep. We all need it. It's just like drinking water, how to have it to survive. So folks, turn off your devices an hour or two before going to bed. Remove the TV from your room if you have one. Read a book. Maybe even read the book, Why We Sleep by Dr. Matthew Walker and enjoy your sleep tonight. Welcome to episode number 235. Today's guest is Lauren Long, who's carrying forward a family tradition now spanning five generations right here in the Valley, running a ranch. As time changes, so does how a family keeps a ranch operating. But what has remained the same is the passion to be stewards of the land and share that space with others. Today, Lauren's gonna share how the Diamond Cross Ranch has remained in operation for five generations and how the family of the Fateses settled right here in this valley. I love learning about the history of ranches, of families that are still in this valley. And this is one family's history that I am deeply honored to have to share with you. And I'm honored that Lauren has found the time to share it with you too. Lauren, thank you for joining me here today at the Jackson Hole Connection. It is delighted to have some time to sit down and speak with you today.
1: Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. I'm super flattered that you even wanted to have a conversation.
0: Well, I just love talking to people. So <laughs> you are a special person today because I just get to talk to you.
1: Oh, well, thank you. I'm excited.
0: Recently, I have been i just listened to mr rogers biography and i picked up one of his little books you know that thoughts about life by fred rogers and he was always so kind and thoughtful to people
1: yeah he was quite the example but yeah i always you always like memes on social media about wow. mr rogers and just like all the amazing things he did for like individual people too
0: mm-hmm it's so <laughs> true so lauren these podcasts have all started with people sharing where you were born and raised. And if you weren't born here, how did you land here in Jackson? Mm-hmm. So you were with the Diamond Cross Ranch. Are you calling in from the Diamond Cross? Are we? Yeah. Is that where you are live right here. now? We live in here. Okay. Super. Yeah. And for folks who are listening in and not as who might know Jackson Hole, but not really. You are what's the distance to the Diamond Cross Ranch from So
1: from um, you're square? like standing in the town square um mm-hmm. we're 35 miles north so if you're okay. driving yourself it takes about 35 to 40 minutes on a good day mm-hmm. without snow in the winter time or traffic in the summer
0: okay and we've had a pretty good snow year this year. What's it look like out your windows?
1: Oh, my goodness. I wish you could see it. We have just, like, feet of snow. Um, we have our big red barn, which is where our, which is our event center. Right now, we cannot get in there by car. We don't plow in during the winter. We close everything up. And so it's almost to the top of the buckrow fence up here. Yeah. And That's, untouched. I mean, it's beautiful. But there, we got a lot of winter up here this year.
0: And that buck rail fence, what, five to s- five feet high?
1: It's gonna like four, four. Yeah, probably four, four and a half okay. feet All well.
0: right. Just give people a visual for that. Yes. Well, thank you for the visual. So were you born here in Jackson or tell me about yourself?
1: Yeah, so no, I um I made my way out here. I was born in or I'm kind of a um kind of a transplant to Jackson. I was actually born in New York. Then my family moved to Greenville, South Carolina, and that is where I was raised from the time I was in kindergarten until I graduated college. Absolutely amazing place. Um, it's a lot like Jackson in that it was a small town, and then it kind of have just had been on the grow for the last, you know, 10 to 15 years. And then after college, I wanted a college experience, never thought about Wyoming or anything like that. So I moved to Washington, D.C., where my older sister was, and I had a free place to live and found a job. I was like the one person who didn't work in politics and um, lived there, had a great career in my 20s. And then that's where I met my husband, Peter. And um, he was born and raised here in Jackson on the ranch. It's his family's ranch. And um, after a few years of dating, we got married out here in Wyoming. You know, it didn't take us long to fall in love on our trip out here. And then about a year after we got married, we decided we wanted to make the move. And so we spent about a year trying to find jobs and to try to make the move happen out here. Um, And it was, you know, we left D.C. on a high note. It was like a conscious decision between the two of us to leave. Um, But we kept comparing everything like we thought we might move to Chicago. We might thought we might move. To Denver. And we just kind of kept comparing everything to Jackson. And then kind of had this aha moment of well, why don't we just do it? Why don't we just move there? Um, and with the help with a lot of family and friends, the cross-country move is pretty seamless. And that was uh, seven years ago.
0: Have you and Peter always lived on the ranch since you moved here?
1: And no. So when we first moved to Jackson, we were both working in town. And I just was, I said, I have to be near a grocery store, which is really weird because I don't really cook that much or anything. But for some reason, I was like, I need to be near people. And that, you know, we were, we were newlyweds, all our friends lived in town. Um, and then as you kind of grow, and then we started getting more involved in the family business and the ranch, helping his parents. And then we have a son of our own. So, you know, your priority change a little bit. And so we made the move up here in May of twenty of twenty two. So just last May.
0: And how old is your son?
1: He's four years old. And so he was born here. His name's Walter. He's named after um, my husband's grandfather who founded the ranch. And yeah, Walter's four years old and he's now fifth generation for Jackson Hole, which is pretty special for us.
0: That is Mm -hmm. special to have fifth generation up there.
1: Yeah, we hope that he, you know, you always, I feel like a lot of people, you take your childhood for granted and you don't really appreciate it till later. But we just think it's so amazing that, He gets to have a, you know, very similar, you know, childhood to my husband growing up on the ranch, carrying on the family legacy, you know, just really enjoying the fruits of everybody's, all the generations before him.
0: So the Diamond Cross Ranch was started when?
1: So it's a really interesting history. Uh, So it's part of the Fates family, if you know any of the Fates. And they actually came into the valley from Switzerland in the early 1900s. And they were really hardy people. Um, And they actually homesteaded over in what was Elk, Wyoming, which is near the Spread Creek area, which is no longer, you know, a community. And that's where they homesteaded in the early 1900s. And then whenever Rockefeller came through or the Snake River Land company came through, they kind of had the option of selling out or getting another piece of land. And they took a small piece up here in Moran. And then my husband's grandfather and one of his brothers bought what is the diamond cross. And then, and they, you know, they had an eighth grade grade education. They were, his grandfather was one of 10 kids. And so they just worked really hard. Um, And Peter's grandparents put together what is now the diamond cross and have been able to pass it on to each generation.
0: And when you say hardy, hardworking folks, Mm -hmm. maybe you could describe that a little bit to people. Yeah, um, absolutely.
1: um, So the Fates family was a family that came over with not much. You know, they came over like everybody else through Ellis Island and made the cross country track on wagon. And this, the family story goes that when they came upon the Tetons, it reminded them of home of the Swiss Alps. Hey. And so that this is where they decided to stay because they were making their way to Utah, where some family was. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then they built the home, um, which was like, I think, like a one, maybe two bedroom cabin. And again, the family story goes that when they got the cabin up, the windows weren't in. So they spent a whole, before the grandfather could come back to install the windows, they spent a winter. Without windows in, Whoa. yeah, in Elk, Wyoming, which again, it's kind of like where Moosehead um, Ranches and Spread Creek. But yeah, so and they just worked for everything they had. His grandmother had chickens, and sir, sir um, her great grandmother so had the chickens and eggs and sold them to because there was a community at Jackson Lake to build the dam, um, and they tried to raise Herford cattle here. And they would just, you know, they would sell the cattle once a year. And that's the money that they had to, you know, survive off of for an entire year. And that's Mm -hmm. what even my husband's grandparents, and that's how his mom was raised. And that's exactly what they carried on through each generation of, you know, you, there might not be much, but there's enough that will make to go around and just to Mm -hmm. be so grateful to be here. And they just like really fought to be here, you know, they didn't have electricity, they in the wintertime, they didn't have, you know, they would park the car up here behind us at Heart 6, and they would have to cross over the river with a team of horses just to be able to, like, to go into town. Hmm. Um, you know, we, we go into town almost, you know, almost every day, and it's something that, like, they didn't go into town for months because they when they were doing that in the early 1900s, you used to buy horses, quite a different, you know, upbringing. It,
0: it was probably several days mm-hmm. trip yes. for them that they had to stop. I don't know, maybe in, in Moose or probably around where the Turners were, Triangle X, stopping somewhere around there.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah. And like, and of course, that's like hoping that, you know, something doesn't happen, that, you know, a horse doesn't get loose or something, you know, somebody doesn't get hurt, you know, again, which is part of their normal life.
0: And and let's give people who aren't as familiar with Jackson, because you said where their ranch initially was is where that Moosehead ranch is. Is that correct? And so,
1: in that general area, yes.
0: Okay. So that is between where Diamond Cross Ranch is and Moose and up to Jackson. So is that correct?
1: Yeah. So Moosehead yeah. is probably, or I'm sorry, like what was Elk, Wyoming is mm-hmm. probably in what is now like Spread Creek area is 10 miles south of where we are, where the Diamond Cross is now and about 25 miles north of the town. of.
0: Okay. Thank you. Yeah. And where did the name Diamond Cross come from? I'm very curious to know how some people name the ranch.
1: Yeah. So that I mean, that's kind of a unexciting story in that there were original homesteaders here. So that when uh, the Peter's grandfather and great uncle bought the ranch, they they just came up with it. So we unfortunately don't know the true history or where it came from. But just that we've kept it for all these years.
0: But Well, I'm I'm glad you've been able to kept, keep it. Yes. Glad you've been able to kept it keep it for... That's the Mississippi coming out of me. <laughs> uh, yes. No problem. That's where I grew up. I
1: know. That's awesome.
0: I got out of there as fast as possible.
1: Really? What yeah. for? Uh,
0: I grew up in South, just 60 miles South Central of Mississippi. So we were 60 miles South of Jackson.
1: Okay. Um, and you don't have an accent. Did you lose it along the way?
0: I dropped that sucker as fast as I can. (laughs) I, yes, my accent has waned since I have been here and it's quite all right.
1: (laughs) I can understand that. When we, when we go back to South Carolina, Peter says that like, I fall back into it. Or if I've had like a couple glasses of wine, he says that's when you can hear my Southern accent.
0: I do the same, Lauren. (laughs) I do. It's natural. And so, Diamond Cross, it started off as a working ranch,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and is it still a working ranch, or are you guys a, considered a dude ranch? What what type of ranching is going on up there at Diamond yeah. Cross?
1: So, yeah, so we consider ourselves a historic working ranch. So, you know, I talked about my husband's grandfather and his wife, so Walt and Betty Fates, and they're the ones who held on to the ranch and put it all together. They then had four daughters and passed the ranch to them. So one daughter and uh, Chris and Jerome Young. They are full time ranchers. So they run a herd of about, I think, 60 mother cows year round. Then another, Marty and Brian Warner, they put their, their part of the ranch into land conservation with the land trust. Brad and Joanne Luton built um, what was Newton's Teton cabin. They literally hand built the cabin, went out and logged and then constructed these 14 cabins and they ran those on their ranch on their portion of the ranch for 30 years and then they retired and so we took that over with peter's brother peter's brother purchased it and then we partnered with them to run the cabins um just in 2021 and then my mother-in-law and grant and jane they run cattle throughout the summer and then they train horses And then we also do what we call creative agriculture, which is where we host weddings. We do film shoots, like commercials. We do photo shoots. And then we also, a really big draw is that Grant, father-in-law, will do horse whispering demonstrations, which is pretty amazing to see. So we'll have different corporations and groups come out from, you know, all over country, come and see him do a demonstration for it. And I don't know if you've ever heard of it or if you've ever seen it.
0: I've always seen the movie with what, Robert Redford? Yeah. yeah. Yeah? Now, I am very curious to learn. I mean, you just went over so much. But what <laughs> right, piqued that, yeah, that, my yeah. ears mm-hmm. was the horse whisperer. Mm-hmm. So your father-in-law is considered, I'm not going to say the horse whisperer, because there's probably a few different horse mm-hmm. whispers out there. So he's considered a horse whisperer. Yeah. that's...
1: So he is Grant Guller. He's my father in law. He has spent his life just working with horses. And he, I, I equate his skills with horses to watching like an NFL quarterback in the Super Bowl. Like he just it, watching him, he makes it look so easy. It's so amazing. But what it is is gentle horse training. And so what he does is he will show you, and this is what he practices in day to day life, is that he gains the trust of the horse through communicating with them, through gentling with them. He it's he's breaking the thought of that it has to be man versus horse and then it has to be some kind of violence that you teach them boundaries, you make the good, you know, the what is he always says, make the right thing easy and the wrong thing hard. And so he'll do this hour long demonstration and it might be a horse that you know came up, you know, came off of wild land in Riverton. It might just be a horse that has been neglected or a horse that um, the owner can't get along with. And so in, you know, this hour long demonstration, he shows um, how you can build this relationship. And he relates it back to, you know, it might be a relationship with your spouse. It might be that you um, are having problems with like a child and parenting. It might be employee versus boss. But there's all these lessons that you can take out of his demonstrations. And he actually wrote a book called Think Like a Horse. And it's just amazing to see his life work kind of come together and people really... It's amazing what people can gather out of his demonstration and his lesson. Um, And he'll tell you that he's not like the founder of this whatsoever, but that he, you know, he's built off of what he has learned in his life.
0: So then what you see in movies where they are just forcing the horse to do something and the break back, you know, bear riding, Mm -hmm. that is not his method is what you're saying.
1: Right. Exactly. And he'll tell you that, like, that's what he used to think it was when he, you know, being Ray, he was racing um, Colorado and, you know, he, he would say there's things that he, that he was taught or things that he did that he wasn't proud of. But when he learned this method, it just really spoke to him and he's had such success over the Mm -hmm. years.
0: It's amazing. So he wasn't raised there on the ranch? Yeah, he was so raised the in ranch
1: actually on uh, my mother-in-law Jane. Um, oh, okay. They, yeah, so my um my husband's grandfather had four daughters and he raised them as his four cowgirls and uh-huh. they just, you know, they're they at one point they were like the best riders in all of Teton County and they have a love of this land. They care for this land. And they, you know, have a love of the ranching lifestyle and what they've all chosen to continue their lives at.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Huh. And do you know at what point did your father-in-law, Grant, mm-hmm. decide this method was going to be better than what he had grown up with or had known previously of the bareback riding and that process of, Man, we'll say, breaking was- a horse?
1: Yeah, um, I mean, it was, I mean, I think, like, Juanndy no, I mean him and Jane have been married for twenty five years, so I would probably say thirty to thirty five years ago, if not longer, um, I think he um credits Ray Hunt as an it's called natural horsemanship, and I believe that that's who he credits as um like teaching him, but yeah, I mean, it was over. I would have to think it was over like thirty five years ago that he decided to or he met Ray hunt, took clinics, and learned this method
0: okay well. Over five generations, mm-hmm. that ranch and that family has seen some interesting things over the years. Mm-hmm. And you coming from Greenville, South Carolina, and you're pretty new to the area. Oh yeah. When you think about it, seven years, absolutely. But over the over the time that that ranch has been there, some quite impressive things have or interesting things have happened. Mm-hmm. Since you have been there, let's talk about you, Lauren, mm-hmm. what is something that you've seen or experienced that's like, wow, I never thought I'd see that in my life or you wouldn't believe this unless I told you?
1: <laughs> well, so like we, the ranch has been here for so long. And again, it started out as this, you know, and it still is, you know, we we try really hard to stick with the roots to, you know, this was a working cattle ranch. You see less and less of that here in Jackson. And so that's important for Miss family to stay true to who we are. But still, like, we'll joke that it doesn't make sense to raise $100 cattle on million dollar land if not paying the bill. Mm-hmm. So we always are just like amazed at the people who find us like the power of social media is just always like mind blowing to me. And just the people that we've had the opportunity, one that we host weddings and that we get to like be the start of so many couples lives together. That's like really special in and of itself. I never imagined like we have done photo shoots, with Death's and we did a huge one. It was like a three day um, shoot here. They had Luke Grimes from Yellowstone. That was amazing. The level of professionalism is just so fun. We did like um, a multi event in Cartier last or two summers ago where they came in, like transformed the barn, but still did a horse demonstration and like appreciated everything that we do. And then but the most like touching thing you know that that really gets to me on like a personal level is like most people here they get here and they're just like in awe of the beauty. And so it's so it just really touches your heart that we that people appreciate it that we open our gates and that people come here and find like some peace and happy. We hosted a celebration of life. Oh, I think it was 2021. And I mean, they were like for foster Freeze, And it, I mean, they were like, mm. it was the biggest event that we had ever had. You know, we donated the barn and there were just so many people here. And we do a running of horses during a wedding ceremony. So if you can imagine the bride walks down the aisle, everybody pauses and a herd of horses come running behind the couple between a buckrow fence and the mountains. And it's just this beautiful moment. Well, we did that during the celebration of life. And you could just feel this like moment of just beauty. I see that running of horses weekly, multiple times a week. And I was just sitting there like weeping because it was mm. just so beautiful. But everybody's appreciation of it, it was just palpable. So Moments like that are just so special that, you know, it's hard to put your finger on and you don't know when it's going to happen. But when it does, it's just kind of breathtaking.
0: I'm I'm a bit speechless. Because I've been there for a wedding. Oh, mean... Who's my friends, Jeremy and Joanna Good? It was Joanna Snyder and Jeremy Good. Oh no, Joe. Wait, Joanna and do
1: you remember, know Good. what year it was? It might probably was before my time.
0: Uh, it was before your time, sure was. Yeah. they have like a seven year old now, well, eight year old. So it's been a few years now. It's because it was pre kids for them, and but I'm just thinking. Getting into what you just described for the celebration of life for foster freeze, and whether it's a celebration of life or the beginning of a new life or mm-hmm. a wedding, and to pause and and think and feel what is coming through in in motion right there, mm-hmm. and how we get caught up in so much. You mentioned, hey, people find you through the social media, but when you slow down and enjoy the experience of seeing those animals run in a motion that looks so freeing
1: oh yeah it's you know it's just yeah it's something else
0: (laughs) the backdrop was created somehow Mm -hmm. and when you appreciate it and enjoy it and take in the moment it's it's one everybody should experience
1: and we yeah and yeah we would love that
0: Uh, We always say
1: like, we love welcoming people here on the ranch again, like there's been so much just, I feel like peace put over this, over this land that we want to share that with people, people that come out from cities. You know, we see a lot of corporate groups or, you know, people that come from cities for the weddings and they've never been to Jackson and you know, that feeling of people that have never been here. And so be able to share with them is so special. And one thing that this family that I was fortunate enough to marry into, I feel like has instilled in every generation is, yes, this is ours for this time, but we're just stewards of this land. So how do we be good stewards of this land and how do we pass it on? And so that's something that, you know, we is always front and center for every person in this family and again it just always goes back to like we don't want to close the gates we don't want to say this is ours and make it private we want to share it however we can in a beautiful way
0: well thank you for that (laughs) for you and the family that's carrying that on and has instilled that on people because it's not just that you use it it's how the future generations can still use it so exactly i mean passing it on that's one thing i mean you could destroy the land and pass it on but then it's not a usable land right Um, yes so lauren we're going to take a quick break to get a word from one of our sponsors and then we're going to come right back teton county solid waste and recycling estimates that approximately 3,662 tons of food waste are disposed of in the trash in teton county every year this makes food waste the next frontier material in the quest to achieve the county's goal to reduce, aiming for zero waste. For more information on Teton County ISWR's residential and commercial food waste programs, visit tetoncountywy.gov recycle. Change begins with each of us, one day at a time. Lauren, welcome back.
1: Thank
0: you. And I hope you had a good break. Yes. I did. Yep. I'm thoroughly enjoying learning about your family and Diamond Cross Ranch. Thank you. And you mentioned earlier about the Lutton, did I pronounce it right? The Lutton Cabins? Uh, Luton. Luton.
1: Yeah, Luton Luton and Julian Luton. Luton.
0: Mm-hmm. And so these are pan, I mean, they fell all of these trees probably hand hewed the logs mm-hmm. and, you know, built these, you know, piece by piece. And you guys are still running those cabins?
1: Yeah. So Brad and Joanne Lutner, my husband's aunt and uncle, and, um, yeah, they the story that I've been told is, like, yeah, they went out into the, forest, like, Grand, Grand Teton, but Bridger Teton Forest, I believe, and they cut down all the logs. I mean, there's photos of all of this, of them, like, hauling the logs out, like, I guess, like, skinning them. Yeah. And then they hand built 14 cabins and then they, and a lodge and they ran it as a guest ranch for the last 30 years and ran a great business. And then after 30 years, they were ready to retire. So then Mm -hmm. my husband's brother purchased it. And then we, me and my husband uh, partnered with him and his wife and helped run it.
0: And are those cabins open all year or just in the summertime?
1: Yeah. So generally, so historically they would always just run them in the summertime you know, the normal Jackson seasonal schedule of like May through early October this past. So we purchased the business in October of 21 and then 22 was our first summer season. And then we have them open for the winter right now and just seeing how it goes. And we're seeing some good success in like groups that are coming up either from town or we just had a group come in um, and do a whole buyout for like a birthday party. I think it was like a 40th birthday party for one of them. And then we also just have people, you know, obviously making reservations. But yeah, this has been our first year of operating in the winter, so it's been interesting. Of and with this winter like all the snow we're getting, so like, mm. please don't let anybody our pipers. Please look good. We have to be, like continually have the road plowed in because it's set back about a half a mile. But it's a beautiful setting. I mean, Brad and Joanne just they did an immaculate job of not only building them but like the upkeep of them. Um, they're just gorgeous structurally and uh, visually. And so, um, again, it's just another way that we feel really blessed that the generation before us had the vision to do it.
0: Mm -hmm. Not only
1: the vision, but, like, the strength to do it. Um, And then we feel really fortunate to be able to carry on the legacy that they started through it. It's been a lot.
0: I don't think I could build a desk, much less a log cabin. (laughs)
1: Oh yeah. No, same here. I mean, I could definitely try, but I mean, you have to have inspections and stuff along those lines. And we've had structural engineers just be like, these are some of the most, you know, well-constructed, you know, homes or cabins that they've seen.
0: That's awesome. And over there at the Diamond Cross, I would imagine that when the family originally came up, came over, it wasn't as though they traveled on Amtrak and Picked up a a car and then came over from wherever the train dropped him off.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they. I mean, at that time, it was his um, grandparent. I think they only had maybe one or two of the ten children at that time.
0: And what year? What about what it year? Would is it
1: would have been, um, I think, around nineteen ten, nineteen eleven, sometime. Okay. That they arrived to the area. And again, they were, they were traveling, you know, cross country that they, you know, the story, the family story says that they had family in Utah and that's where they were going. And um, they stumbled upon the Tetons and they knew this was home. And then they continued to, you know, build and raise their family here.
0: And what was their travel? I mean, what did you hear about their experience of traveling into the valley, making it over here?
1: Yeah, So, I mean, I I understand that it was like, you know, they came cross country. They came in through Ellis Island like everybody else. But then I believe it was through um, once they were in this area, it was, you know, mostly horseback and buggies. And I think they first landed in Driggs, Idaho. And then the great grandfather, Fred Fates, was a trapper and he would do like guided elk hunts. And so that's how he became, I believe, familiar with, you know, what is Now, Moran and what was Elf, Wyoming. And then, you know, when they were coming over from Driggs, you have to imagine you're still coming over the mountain and you're doing that by horse and you're doing that by buggy and you're you have family of your possessions and the children and and you're entering in what used to be Grand Teton National Park, but was then just wide open space. So I think it looked a lot the same, but was still very different, obviously, over 100 years ago.
0: I, that's just hard to imagine to, to be coming over and interesting that they were in Driggs, but there was the idea that they were heading to go be with family, Mm -hmm. but then got rerouted over this way.
1: Yeah, no, it definitely is interesting how they, yeah, how they ended up in that we're, I mean, how fortunate is this family that they decided to make this home and that Mm -hmm. they roughed it all out, which is amazing.
0: Yeah. And so your son Mm -hmm. who Walter you said? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. You live thirty-five minutes or thirty-five miles from town.
1: Thirty-five miles.
0: Thirty-five miles. What's school gonna be like for Walter?
1: So um so right now he's in preschool in town. So we take him in town three days a week. So he's getting used to that drive. But um elementary school, we have a Maria elementary. Uh, the Marianne school here. And so he'll go there. He'll start kindergarten there and go through fifth grade. And that, you know, that's where uh, my mother-in-law and all of her sisters went. That's where my husband and all of his cousins went. And so, I mean, we feel really special. You know, the schools here in Jackson, as I'm sure you're familiar with, have just, you know, great teachers. And so we just feel like, so we feel very fortunate to be able to have such great teachers in
0: a, such a rural setting. I am familiar. Yes. And... It's it's amazing how education is delivered in such to such rural areas mm-hmm. in the whole state.
1: That is true. Of,
0: of Wyoming. It's not just here in Teton County where we have some rural schools such as the Moran School, the Kelly School, the Alta School Elementary School, all rural areas, but it's also throughout the rest of the state mm-hmm. where a whole school system could be a dozen kids. I know, isn't
1: that amazing?
0: Mm-hmm. I know, I
1: think it was like when my husband went to Marianne School there were a number of children. I think it was like up in the forties, which was a lot. And then I like, know yeah. it dipped a good bit. And I, I don't know I want I don't I wanna say it's like in the twenty to thirty um range now of children there. Just something to know that, I mean, it's literally that school is only five miles from us, um, but to know that like, education is really important to us, something that like my husband and his brother would never talk about themselves is that like they obviously went to the Marian School, went through Jackson Public Education and then both went to Ivy League schools. And so I think that does accredit a lot to, I mean, one, kids have to work really hard to up to get there, but the school system is like just as important to get them there
0: yeah and impressive i mean who would ever think that somebody running a ranch has you know people that graduate from ivy league schools
1: yeah i know Um, they have interesting lives in and of themselves um that they came from this you know this rural setting of the ranch you know again they went to moran school 4-h was their life like that is what they like grew up doing that was their job and then um yeah and then to continue on to lead Marie in Wyoming and go to these schools and cities where they had never visited before um, and, and be successful. But I think that goes back to how much, like being a Wyoming Night and just how much they love the ranch and Teton County is instilled in them that uh, they, you know, they want to use all the fruit that they and all the blessings that they've been given in their good careers to be able to then help the ranch be successful.
0: Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Thank you, yeah, that's that's really beautiful, and so, what do you guys envision for Walter's generation, and even beyond that for the ranch? what because, like you said, hey, you don't raise hundred dollar cattle on million dollar land, and you know, as things continue moving in the direction they do around this area. I understand that you guys are hosting groups and, and sharing the space with people. How do you all envision to where Walter and his future generations can continue stewarding this land?
1: Yeah. Well, I, we all hope that it looks very similar to the way it does today. You know, mm-hmm. we hope that that doesn't change at all. But in terms of, I, I think that Jackson breeds this entrepreneurial spirit which I I just love, you know, like, and that's part of the reason like coming out here with Peter, my husband, when we, you know, would first dating and you meet all of his friends and who's an artist, who does jewelry, who, uh, you know, just all these different jobs that people are successful out and they built built themselves. So to say, I I hope he carries on the family business, but I don't know what that looks like. You know, when we look at, The generation before us, they were ranchers. And then Grant and Jane and the other generations, you know, took it, still kept that foundation, but pivoted just a little bit. And now the businesses are growing that we, you know, we're bringing together the cabins and the events. And we're doing, you know, Grant and Jane were fortunate enough to get a CUP in the early 2000s, which was really fortunate for us. But
0: What's a CUP?
1: Conditional use permit so that we're able to do these events. It's so strict in Teton County now that if we went to the county today to get the same permit we have now, it wouldn't be allowed. So we're so really? um you, I think you have to have, uh, it's, uh, I can't remember the exact number, but it's over, you have to have over hundred acres dedicated to the business in order to do some kind of, a, to be an event venue. And the way that the range is divided up, we just wouldn't be able to do that. So we're super fortunate that they, you know, again, had the wherewithal to think ahead to get that in the early 2000s. And then since our generation, you know, me, Peter, his brother, Luke, his wife, Kirby have kind of come on, we've just taken it to the next level. And so we just hope that, you know, Walter generation, that we give him the ability and the tools to be able to, you know, take it to the next level, whatever he thinks that this could be. That's what I think is really exciting.
0: That is exciting. Well, tell Walter that in twenty thirty years we're gonna have to sit down and talk. Yeah, <laughs> and see, see what he decided to do with with the ranch yeah. and keep that stewardship going.
1: He's obsessed with um, cowboys and rodeo right now, so I, his it'd be interesting to ask him right now what the ranch will look like and then what it really is in thirty years. But yeah, no, that would be pretty awesome.
0: Well, certainly a remarkable place to to raise a, a young person in this community and i thank you for for what you all are doing to bring people out here and to share the space and the experience and getting everybody to slow down and appreciate what nature has to offer out there Exactly.
1: yeah no we yeah no -hmm. thank you for having me and i hope you'll all of you'll be able to come and visit sometime
0: so Lauren, share with us how people can reach out and connect with the Diamond Cross Ranch if, if they want to come up there and experience a part of history of Teton County and this area of Wyoming.
1: Yeah. So we hope everybody will come and visit the ranch, whether it's for a corporate group, whether it's for a wedding, or maybe it's like a family reunion. Um, you can always find us on social media at Diamond Cross Ranch or our website, which is diamondcrossranch.com. Additionally, our lodging component is just Teton Cabins. Um, and that's mm-hmm. um, tetoncabins.com and then our social social is also just at Cabin on instagram for nothing else you can always just follow along for beautiful imagery of the area
0: do you guys take regular pictures and post them
1: yeah so my brother-in-law luke handle handles all of her social media and so we're fortunate enough to do some amazing photo shoots here we'll do photo camps where photographers will come and do photos and you know the area speaks for itself and people um are nice enough to share photos with us and then we obviously have them taken but yeah it's just gorgeous imagery of the mountains of the area of the horses grant doing demo demos of the wedding so um yeah hopefully that brings some people some joy as well from afar
0: superb well thank you lauren i am grateful for your time and for your stories that you shared with us today and the Diamond Cross Ranch.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time and it was wonderful to meet you.
0: You too, Lauren. Take, Take care. care. Bye. To learn more about the Diamond Cross Ranch and Lauren Long, visit the hole Connection.com, episode number two hundred and thirty-five. Folks, get out there and share this podcast however you like sharing. Walking with your neighbor, walking on the treadmill, like Jim Brungard does. Any way you can do it, social media. Instagram, Facebook. We love it. And we love hearing back from you as well. If you know of somebody that I should interview on the podcast, reach out to me. Let me know. I'd love to talk to them. I appreciate you sharing your time with me today and cheers till next week when I see you right back here for another episode of the Jackson Hole Connection.